0: One. Hey everybody, John Milanka here with United Patient Group B informed and be well. And we have another return guest. Happy to see you, Dr. Leia Johnson, um, PharmD. And welcome. How are you doing?
1: I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me back.
0: Always good to see you and and, and I'm excited to share this. This is um I had We're going to talk about Ryan's Law, but I'll go in. So Leia's organization is a nonprofit organization. It's the Pharmacist Cannabis Coalition of California, also known as PCCC. And the reason why this really stands out of what uh, uh, Dr. Johnson's doing as well as what this Ryan's law is about, because it, it hits home. Um, Jim, which is uh, Jim or James, you go by James, Jim or James. He usually
1: James. says Jim to us. Jim, so I, Jim. I think Jim, yeah.
0: And I've had Jim on the show and Jim is Ryan's father. And why this is near and dear to me is because Ryan um, also lost his battle to pancreatic cancer, like my wife, Corinne. Um, and the story, how the story goes, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was denied access to his medicine, uh, meaning cannabis medicine. And they kept on pumping him with um, opioids, drugs, painkillers. And he was kind of in a, in a coma. And Jim said, please, can we try some cannabis? You know, this is what he's been taking. And they finally found another hospital to move him to, which allowed him to try cannabis legally in the the hospital. Um, With that, it allowed him to Wake out of wake up from his um, opioid drug induced stupor um, and be with his family, be with his son, be with his father, and he unfortunately passed. Jim felt that he lost two weeks plus of his son because he was in a in a in a coma, and he doesn't want any other families for that to happen to, and so he's been. Um, Hard at work, uh, working with organizations like Dr. Uh, Leah Johnson, PCCC. Um, they've we've spread the word here, United Patients Group, and so Leah asked if uh, she'd come on and share what they're doing here in California. Um, so other patients do have access, not only patients on hospice but all patients. And we we're in that situation. That, that topic came up quite a bit when Corinne's father was ill, and we said. He's been using cannabis. May we try this? And we lived in California and we ran into both sides of that. Yes, no, let me see what the legalities are. And so have at it and welcome back. And uh, thanks for reaching out and say, hey, John, can I get this message out? And as always, love love to uh, spread the word. So you're on.
1: Definitely. Uh, This is such an important topic for us because uh, for the Pharmacist Cannabis Coalition of California, um, because Um, what happened was the law went through, we were thrilled about that. So we are actually an organization of cannabis pharmacists. Um, So all of us, some of us are professors uh, teaching some in um, uh, UCSD, some uh, one of us is one is teaching in uh, University of Southern California. And we've got hospital pharmacists, long term care, managed care, everything. Um, But our biggest focus is that when the law came out, there was no guidelines or anything for the healthcare facilities. So many of the facilities were like, well, we're not going to do this. It's not federally legal. And so we stepped in and said, wait, these patients need this medication. I mean, I used to be a long-term care pharmacist. So I have seen those comfort packs. I've seen the patients just sedated for just laying in bed, just not even alive. I mean, they're just sedated. It's like, what's the point of even being in that state? So, um, and even myself, when I was in long-term care, I actually um, convinced a lot of doctors to get these patients off of all these, the, the morphine and the, and the anti-anxieties and the pain and the, um, and the, sometimes they would be on antipsychotics for like, and if they had any aggressive behavior or anything and actually switch them over to cannabis. Um, it was Marinol because it's the only prescription one. And sadly, it's not the best cannabinoid medication but it was useful. And I was actually able to get people off hospice. So it just shows that cannabis can be really effective. So again, when we saw that this law came out, we were really excited. We were thrilled to see that patients can get the medication they need. But when we listened to our colleagues that didn't have cannabis background or cannabis knowledge, we learned that they were, uh, we don't know what to do. We're not very comfortable. We want to hands off, blah, blah, blah. And the law really doesn't, and the law specifically in California, what you'll find is if you look up Ryan's law in the country, there are other states with other versions of Ryan's law. But in California specifically, they they pretty much don't have the cover of protection for the healthcare professionals. So due to this, pharmacists don't want to touch it. Doctors don't want to touch it. Nurses don't want to touch it because they're afraid of losing their license because they're in federal facilities. So just because Ryan's law was approved in California, why, you know, this is a federally paid for uh, building, you know, we can't use it. So what we actually, uh, we actually got the confirmation information from CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and actually learned that if something is allowed in a state, Medicare and Medicaid Services will not come in. And will not cause any issue to facilities. So that was one big thing that, you know, made a lot of um, healthcare professionals much more secure about using this, um, uh, allowing the patient to use the product. Um, And the other thing, um, so there's no inhalation. That's really the the biggest difference. uh, The biggest thing on Ryan's law is cannabis is completely fine except for inhalation. So they can do oral, they can do topical, um, rectal. Um, vaginal any of those but they cannot do um, tinctures which is more oral um, but not
0: even tinctures so I was, I was thinking when you were saying oral morning uh ingesting via smoking vaporization or even smoking so now they're even saying oral tinctures are not available but oh, no no oral tinctures are okay i
1: was just saying i i don't consider a okay. tincture different from oral i consider it the same because most okay. of them when when you put it in your mouth it still get yeah. swallowed
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah but in general though it's just so we saw that and so the other issue was that a lot of these facilities were saying, well, how do we protect our license? This does not protect us. And it does say that the patient needs to self-administer. So what we actually worked up for the patient was there's a lot of kind of blanks. And in our organization, we actually, uh, one of our members, his name um, was uh, Bob or Robert Stein, and he was amazing. He was just the most amazing person and he actually had glioblastoma and passed away. So he as well used cannabis for his end of life, but he was part of PCCC and he was our cannabis pharmacist and lawyer. He was a triple threat. And uh he actually worked to set up policies and procedures with the rest of our organization to provide to our facilities for free. You know, just saying here, here are policies and procedures and documentation you can have for your facility just so that you can feel comfortable, you can feel compliant, and you don't feel, have, feel like you have the risk of, of losing your license. And uh, PCCC has actually been going around to multiple uh, states, multiple uh, pharmacist-based organizations and other healthcare-based uh, organizations to really promote the law and really just educate what people really need to know And um, to not be afraid because so many healthcare professionals are afraid and so many patients don't know to ask for it because, you know, they hear they're going on hospice. They say, here's your comfort pack done. And it's like, okay, this is my life now. It's like, no, you have a choice. So patients need to know you have a choice. If you are in the state of California and you would like to use medical cannabis instead of a comfort pack for your hospice, you just need a medical uh, you actually just need a basic recommendation from any medical provider in the state of California saying that you have been approved to use medical cannabis. With that rec, any facility in the state of California, whether it's a, a hospital inpatient or it is long-term care um, or assisted living and so on and so forth. Um, usually if you're a hospice, you're going to be a long-term care. Um, you can use cannabis and they have the right, They don't. you have the right to have it by your bedside Usually in a locked container that they will give you. You are the uh, the patient or the caregiver because a lot of patients don't have the ability to self administer. Um, has the ability has the only abil- access to the key to open that wow. drawer, so nobody else can touch it. And then the um, and then they administer it themselves. But the whole idea is that they should be allowed to use what works for them and not to end up going on these meds that are just going to. It's almost like saying, okay, you got six months to live usually the criteria for hospice, Uh, mind you, Ryan's law is actually palliative care. So it's actually a full year, but it's kind of like, okay, you've got a year, uh, here's a comfort pack. And, um, so they kind of almost take away some of your life because they put you on this thing that just sedates you fully. So with cannabis, the patient actually helps with anxiety. It helps with, it helps with, it actually helps with the depression of dying. It helps with pain and it helps with any sort of agitation. And it actually gets the patient to eat more because like the one thing that people um, don't really know, and I actually, I work a lot with uh, palliative care nurses when a patient is like the patient's pretty good until they stop eating. The second they, the, the food goes, you got days. That's and
0: it. That was a that was whole reason what, how we started United Patients Group. In 2010, because Crin's father wasn't eating. We came across a study that said 40% of cancer patients die and pass a malnutrition before cancer takes over. And I knew nothing about the medical side of this plant. And I asked, I was embarrassed because I was the, the boyfriend then. <laughs> Crin, I was a stupid boyfriend. I said, I don't mean to offend you. May we try cannabis for appetite? Because they're popping up everywhere. And his doctor said, I know nothing about it, go for it. So we yeah. didn't know the medical benefits, but we knew it would help with appetite munchies. Um, yep. And that's exactly what did. And he hadn't been eating for about three weeks. And so within 24 hours, we started eating. We said, oh, my gosh, it worked. And he'll pass peacefully. And it went a day, five days, a week, six months. And he just passed um, about a year and a half ago from old age, not of cancer. So, um, but that's the portion of the benefits of this plan. It's not, you know, to me is not going to, out of the grand slam, like we did with her father of saving a life and definition of helping for me is saving a life, which I want to do with Corinne. And I'm certain um, Jim wanted to do with his son, Ryan, uh, but others are extend life, as you mentioned, appetite. Anxiety, depression, mood, okay. uh, pain, uh, sleep, and oh, so yeah. you, you go through it. So, hearing you share about this and what's by the bedside has brought back a lot of memories in my memory bank of going through this with Corinne, um, and hearing a lot of other patients going through. I mean, in 1985, I found out after I didn't find out till 2010 when I was sharing with my family what we were doing, launching the site. And my mom said, did you know your grandfather in 1985 in San Francisco, his doctor said to my kid, and he had um, colon cancer and he said, I'd like in Mar- San Francisco, I'd like you to try marijuana, marijuana. Is what I mean. <laughs> and my grandfather said, are you out of your mind? I've been against drugs my whole life and you want me to do it on my deathbed. How dare you give yeah. me the, give me the morphine. And I said, mom, who was that doctor? She goes, I don't know. It was so long ago, but showed that that doctor in San Francisco was so ahead of his, his time. Um, and so hearing you talk about the lock and key about administering caregiver or the patient, yet there's no lock and key on the morphine or the other pills that are sitting by their bed. And that's 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 the part that 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 I ch- internally chuckle about.
1: Well, it's just and it's the funny thing. It's like, okay, so a nurse can administer morphine to these patients, but they can administer mi- cannabis. Like Are you serious? Like cannabis is so much less harmful, causes less, so much. I mean, the other thing that people don't realize about morphine, I really want to mention this to your audience, especially for the patients out there is morphine stops the pain by stopping by blocking certain receptors in your brain. However, what people don't realize is those receptors are actually in your stomach as well. Mm. So you block those receptors. So it makes your brain stop feeling pain, but it also makes your stomach stop moving and it stops what it stops the digestion. So- causes the pain, it causes the buildup, causes the not eating, but cannabis doesn't do that. It has no effect on that. So the patient could eat, they can actually, everything functions like normal and really cannabis just brings them to a homeostasis. So I would like to, I really hope uh, there is actually a bill right now called SB302, which is to extend Ryan's law to all patients in California over the age of 65 um, in long-term care or um, inpatient facilities. Uh, With obviously um, ailments, you know they still need a recommendation or a card just to document that they do have an ailment that cannabis is helpful for. And this extension will be really great for a lot of patients to get what they need without being on drugs and on especially harmful drugs. But what we're hoping changes in that new law is that healthcare professionals in the state of California, specifically nurses who are administering meds, can give the patient the med. So that because, you know, um, family is not always there. You can't be there 24 seven. So if, you know, if you've got mom in the hospital and she's just, or not in the hospital, but in long term care and she's in pain, you know, you can't keep running back in the middle of the night to give her her cannabis, where there is a very competent, very intelligent nurse right there that can give her exactly what she needs. And the only thing that nurse needs is just the protection of her license. And that doesn't seem like too much to ask for.
0: And it, but it is fearful because I, I work with a lot of doc- nurses and doctors, not only here in California, but throughout the States, that that have been given written warnings, more so with nurses, you know, um, have been given written, written warnings. And even when we apply for CME courses, um, and some of these nur- nurses have been told, no, you cannot teach these courses or we will take your license away. And so... Um, Thank you for that. Ryan's Law used to be SB 311. And now it's the California State Senate Bill uh, 988, and then you're changing it to 302. Did I hear you? I'm bouncing around. Yeah, Yeah, so
1: 311 was where it started. And then the number you mentioned was like the current one. And But it was really just to kind of clarify 3.11, yeah. where this is actually an expansion of, of, of the, of the uh, bill, which we're really excited about because it really takes it to another step. But um, a lot of organizations, the uh, I can't even tell you how many organizations came out to talk about this new SB uh, 302. Again, the expansion of Ryan's Law. It was the Society of Cannabis Clinicians came in to talk about, to support it. Um, our organization, the uh, California Society of Health Systems Pharmacists, just uh, every, all these giant organizations really came in to say, we support this, but we want a couple amendments to protect healthcare professionals. Because yeah. that's our biggest thing is, we I don't want healthcare professionals to ever be afraid of helping a patient. And that's kind of where the law is now is they're not supported to help these patients because they're not supposed to be involved. But we want to get them involved. We want to be that, allow, allow them to give the patient the meds they need.
0: So, again, the Compassion Access to Medical Cannabis Act is what this is about. It's requiring specific uh, healthcare facilities to allow terminally ill patients the use of medical cannabis within the healthcare facility as well as at home under guidance with hospice as well. So exactly. they, they feel confident that they're able to administer this type of medicine to their patients. And for you family members, as well as patients, asking a question is not illegal. And so I don't want you to be afraid to ask. And I get that quite a bit. John, I, don't, I didn't want to ask my doctor. I didn't want to ask my nurse. One, because of stigma and embarrassment. But two, I don't want to get in trouble uh, or be considered... Yeah, a drug addict. I hate that hate that word. But um, but you have a lot of fear, and so please know, it doesn't matter if you're in a legal state or illegal state here in California or not, you can still ask the question. And if your doctor is not familiar, contact myself. Contact uh, Leah. Um, but also, if your doctor is not familiar with cannabis, ask them if they can recommend another doctor. Nowadays, 2023, I guarantee they know. 10, 12, 50 people in their Rolodex that, um, um, are up maybe on the laws in their state, but also know about the endocannabinoid system and the benefit that this plant has to offer. And so, um, I know you're in the middle of work and I wanted to honor honor, you, honor your time because you have to go back <laughs> to work. Um, but is there anything that I'm missing out that I that I wanted to, um, I, I don't want to walk away and go. Oh. Of
1: course. Yeah, for all information, actually. So um, it's really great to, if, if you have more questions about Ryan's Law or specifically the Pharmacist Cannabis Coalition of California, uh, you can go to www.pccrx.org and it will have all that information. We actually have uh, webinars we put up, we have um, CEs we put up, we have a lot of data, a lot of info, and our biggest focus is really, we're a nonprofit organization for a reason. Our goal is just to get that education out. And actually exactly what John said, if you have a provider that's um, not, and I'm gonna take it a step farther, not just doesn't know about cannabis, but is anti-cannabis, find a new provider. I say this to all patients looking for it. The worst thing you can do is lie to your physician that, about what you are taking, because that causes issues with other potential things they might prescribe. You want a doctor, even if they don't know too much about it, but they're willing to talk to you about it. That's what you want to do.
0: You, you, This is something I share with everybody, too. Cannabis, because it works for you or your loved one or your aunt or your uncle or your friend. And they are the same age as you or your loved one or your friend. Cannabis is not a one-size-fits-all type of medicine. Age, weight, current health conditions, sensitivities, But as Leah was talking about, drug-to-drug interactions are very important. That's why it's very important to have this discussion with your doctor saying, this is what I'm considering uh, using. Are there any drug-to-drug interactions? Because there are drug-to-drug interactions with any drugs, uh, not only with cannabis, but with alcohol and combining. Um, Is this something on your website, uh, www.pcccrx.org, that you you share about drug-to-drug interactions?
1: Yes. Um, I am, I believe we're actually, we're just finalizing the document cool. actually to put up. Um, okay. but we do have that because, you know, there's, every, if you, you have to be very careful when looking at general, like if you go to drugs.com or rx.com, yeah. it literally says cannabis interacts with everything. And that is not true at all. Um, I mean, any medication that goes on the SIP receptors, which is all most medications yeah. um will interact so the biggest thing you want to look for is the specific medications that interact and we will and that will be on the website um as well as just a lot of more information about usage about we have a lot of um, um faqs that a lot of people like facts um, and questions that people have um so really we're i mean we're happy and if there's anything you don't see our email is right there reach out to us ask us questions you literally will have Six uh, pharmacists and all of our members at your disposal to answer your questions at the best of our ability and to provide you. We can provide you research, we can provide you studies. So, providers out there that don't know about cannabis but, but want to learn about cannabis, come to our website, ask us. We can, pro- if you say, please provide me studies on pancreatic cancer, I can do that. Our organization can do that, and we are happy to do that. We want the education out because we want people off of these meds that are unnecessary when a much safer and more reputable medication can be effective for these patients, especially in, the, in their time of need at the end of their life.
0: And well, well said, you know, we don't want anybody to suffer. We don't want to lose our loved ones either, but we don't want them suffering. Um... Uh, at this time in their life, as well, not only for the patient but also the the family members watching their loved ones going through is what they're going through. And so, um, but Leah, Doctor Leah Johnson with the Pharmacist Cannabis Coalition of California (PCCC), I thank you. Always great to see you, and um, I appreciate you reaching out. Say, hey, John, can we get get this information? And and uh, happy to do anything with you. So,
1: thank you so much for sharing. I we we it means a lot to my organization. It really does. They were thrilled to hear that we that you that you. Thumbs up us coming awesome. to talk about it.
0: And so, uh, everyone, you know how to get a hold of me, John at United Patients Group. You can find Dr. Leah Johnson, as we mentioned, on her website. And uh, wishing you all a wonderful, blessed day, and we will see you soon. Thank you. Bye bye.